Welcome to another episode of In the Eyes Of. There are many ways to describe our guest today. Camilo is a Colombian full of energy with a truly moving and inspiring life story. Having overcome life experiences that most of us cannot even imagine with such grace and this incredible view of life. Camilo is one of those people that I truly admire and I hope you enjoy this episode. Camilo, welcome to In the Eyes Of. Can you tell us a little bit about your incredible life story? Well, um, thank you so much for this invitation, Georgina. So, um, first of all, let me say I'm really happy to be here. And of course, let me tell you a bit more about myself. Uh, I was born in the east of my country, in the southeast um, of Colombia, in, in the beginning of the Amazon jungle and in the end of the gorgeous um, flats in the in the, the east flast, uh, flats of my country. I think it's a dream scenario because I honestly believe that um, the paradise is located where I was born. It is called Puerto Rico. It's uh, in the department of Meta. Um, I strongly believe that it's, it's like this uh, photograph places that you can see it's a colorful place completely uh, unique in many sense and well as well it was the scenario of many um, conflicts and battles between the government and the different guerrillas groups in Colombia and well I was born in 1994 and the 90s was a very complicated uh, time in Colombia uh, historic uh, in in this moment the uh, guerrillas wars was like in the top of of the story because for this specific time uh, there was no presence of the state in in very small and particular locations specifically in the southeast because uh, because of of the geography there 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 was like jungle there and this jungle these um, area was particularly uh, easy to forget to, of the people because well it, it, the, the the towns the villages there was really tiny really small and was really easy to to just <laughs> looks like you don't exist sometimes for for the state in 1999 i lived uh, the most uh, difficult moment of my life when after two weeks uh, of uh, um uh, very hard combat and after two weeks under the bed because we were uh, like hiding us under the bed and praying like having all the faith uh, on on that nothing going to happen uh, and after those two weeks um, under this bed uh, a person knock in the door to tell us that we need to leave the town or we know what going to happen. This uh, moment was remembered as the biggest guerrilla take in the story. Where uh, this is uh, not a not a proudly record that we have, but uh, more than two thousand five hundred guerrilla members uh, took uh, my town and and for more than two weeks uh, just killed a lot of people and make a lot of more people uh, 
internal displaced persons for all of Colombia. After that, we go to the only, there was just one truck in the whole town, was a banana truck, a plantain truck actually. And we, we moved forward to the next town, it's called Puerto Lleras. And in Puerto Lleras, I lived uh, a very particular moment uh, when my uncle, um, there was my uncle, um, got murdered by a person of the FARC and it happened because I asked to my uncle to, I say just, I mean, was my first day of school, I said, hey, I, I please go for me to the school and he went and when, when, when the ring that announced the end of the classes uh, sound start a combat i don't know how i don't know when i don't know i i never understood what happened but just back to my uncle was a person who shoot him twice and he killed it in front of me i take my my uncle in my arms and and try to do my best to try to, to be with him but i just remember his blood in my hands and I remember, and I will always remember his last words. He said, do not forget to smile. Life is too short to be sad. And you were born for big things. Never settle for less. I think those words uh, create a path in my life that gave me a lot of clues about what going to happen in the future well as well part of his last words was a small joke that makes no sense in english because he always was happy today after many years of that interesting moment uh, i still remember that this day my uncle with 19 years old told me life is too short be sad and this was when you were five or six years old right you were pretty young when you were living all this difficult situations yes i, I was five years old exactly and well life changed life had a lot of situations and here in colombia we have a, a very common popular seed which is uh every baby born with a breath under the arm i'm pretty sure in english makes no sense but well when it happened uh, uh the next year we arrived to bogota the capital of colombia uh and we lived uh, on the streets we have no meat we have no way to eat but when my brother was born everything looks like it changed and my family and i start to grew up slowly but we just looked for the way one time i just remember one day i saw a group of small guys uh, perfectly uniformed and like with their beautiful uh, look uniform and, and and i said like oh my god they are like mini soldiers i i, I am completely sure they are mini soldiers and I, and I was like excited and i was like Oh my god, because at this time of my life, my biggest dream was to become a soldier. Because my biggest dream at, at the age of 8 or 7 years old was to kill the bad people. It was my dream. 
well, the first time I'm, I, I, I just uh, spoke to my uh, kindergarten teacher and I explained her, like, hey, I saw these mini soldiers, blah, blah, blah. And for, for, for my surprise, her sons were part of the scouting. So these mini soldiers were actually scouts. They were not mini soldiers training to kill people. Exactly. So the first time I attended scouting, I hated it. Was not what I expected. I was expecting something completely different. I was expecting, well, you know, army training or whatever. I mean. Yeah, it was. But no, and I was really disappointed. But you know, there was one thing that I really, really wanted at that time, and it was the uniform. I I, I just refused the scouting because it was not what I imagined. But I always want the uniform. Because one way or another, you wanted to look like a soldier. Yeah, by the way, I mean, every Halloween, I, I just dress up like a soldier, you know, it was like my favorite dress, my, my it was like, wow. And, 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 and well, it was very crazy because, well, after that, I get into the military school and the art teacher say, oh my God, you're very good with uh, what you're doing, you're very good drawing, you're very good painting. And I was like, oh, thank you, yeah, whatever. And he's like, okay, I have an excellent invitation for you this Saturday. Guess what? You're going to scouting, scout camp. <laughs> no, he said, okay, he, you need to arrive this place. I arrived and I saw the uniforms and I say, okay, I know what is it. <laughs> and I don't like it, by the way. Yeah, and I, and I say him, and you know what happened? He gave me my uniform after a year attending scouts. In one year, my mind passed from I want to kill the bad people to I want to change the bad people into good people and with them create a better world in less than a year. And this all through the scouting, I would say, experiences and activities. That's, that's the funniest part of scouting. Actually, you learn you learn a lot and you you did not realize you're learning you know it is like okay i'm playing i'm having fun but my mind is i'm i'm i, I want to create a better world and, and it was something fantastic well the lights happened 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 and i decided to study theater <laughs> and when i was studying theater from soldier to theater it is like a completely strange situation and when it happened uh well like a scholarship to attend a scout event in guatemala uh, and when i came back to colombia i said oh my god i want to change the world what can i do so what i did i go back to my hometown my birth town i make uh, you know i walk for the streets i go to the cemetery to puerto rico Yes, to Puerto Rico. Meta. Puerto Rico Meta. Uh, I visit lots of places, remember a lot of things. After that, I decided to visit Puerto Lleras, the second city, the second town, sorry. And, uh, well, you can call it a coincidence. You can call it a... a Life. Destiny, whatever. But... I just sit down to wait for my bus and, and I just in front of me where a store, a local store, 
And there was, for my surprise, was in front of me the person that 15 years ago killed my uncle in front of me. Don't ask me why, don't ask me how, don't ask me nothing at all about it because the only thing I just felt, felt in this moment was that I felt over my shoulders like this movement when they when someone say to you go it's the moment i just walked through this i don't know it could be a hundred meters and i just was like what i'm doing i i have no idea what i was thinking i have no idea how it happened but i just arrived to that person in colombia happened something and that is that because of the war there are a lot of revenge circles so I arrived to the person and I say, hey, my name is Camilo, babe. maybe you do not know me, but I was in front of you 15 years ago uh, when you killed that person. I was a child and he became like super scared. His face just changed because, well, he thought... He thought you were going to kill him, of course, you were seeking revenge. Uh, exactly. And, and I said, but wait, I have just two things to say. The first is that I forgive you, and the second is that I hope that you can forgive yourself. And this moment I, I, I was starting to cry, and I hate to cry in public, so I just <laughs> turn around and go out of there. After that, I was going back to, to Bogota, and, and I thought, what a great sensation is to forgive. How we can make the other people forgive? How can an actor do something? Well, acting student. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I can make a short film. I created a short film, a short film. It is called Jilwell Road or Camino Jilwell in Spanish. And this short film is the story of my childhood. And I started to give a conference about how we can create peace through forgiveness. In this moment, I visited a lot of countries and I got the opportunity to attend another scout event in Azerbaijan. Wow. In my childhood, in my childhood, I never imagined to visit Azerbaijan. I, I, I mean, I think it's one of those countries that as Latinos, you don't even know they exist, you know, like it's one of those places that are too far and unpronounceable. So they don't exist to us. Exactly. I, I was like, wow. Uh, I need to go there. I was there <laughs> and I trained myself in something new in scouting. It's this dialogue for peace. Dialogue, peace. It sounds like, oh my god, Colombia needs that. And of course, I will apply this in Colombia. So I start to seek for a way to apply dialogue to create peace, to create peace through dialogue. So I start to attend different universities, different spaces, and I got uh, a fantastic story. It's called non-possible hug history it was between an ex guerrilla member and me i remember this day because he he started to speak in a conference and i was seeing his hands because the only thing i used to see when i was a child was this hands of the people and i thought his hands are the guerrilla member's hand and i thought i just listened to him listened to him listened to him and once he finished i said Okay, I tell him who I am, I tell him my story, and I said, I think the only conclusion possible here is to think that we are not 
victims or perpetrators, we are survivors. And the survivors or responsibility is different. So, um, can I ask you for a hug? And that is the story of uh, the non-possible hug that I left. Wow, that's just incredible to hear you speak of it, especially I think when all of Latin America has this history of violence, whether it be when we were colonized or when we were seeking our independence or our revolutions or our civil wars. So just listening to you how something so meaningful as a hog that it becomes personal, I think especially for us Latinos who are so warm and are often over each other, hugging and kissing each other as a sign of affection to hear you did this action with someone who you once wanted to kill, as you said, you wanted to be a soldier to kill all of the bad guys. It's just incredible. I think that's how the transformation to peace starts to happen. And it is important to remember that actually peace starts with one person because peace starts in, inside of us. Peace starts with one person. This is really important to remember always. So how did you well can you tell us a little bit of how did you started to implement this dialogues through peace in colombia and how does it work well honestly i create some dialogue spaces um between guerrilla members ex-guerrilla members and militaries polices and victims and how was it perceived like did the ex-guerrilla members actually wanted to be there or were they hesitant? Or how was the whole process? Because, I mean, at the end, you're putting together two groups of people who have a lot of pain within each other. We made two spaces. Just two. Because of the difficulty of the... I mean, the logistics for created are incredible. To find the people who have the courage to forgive, it's completely difficult. But once you find them, you feel that the complete life makes sense. It was difficult. We count on the support of universities, memorial centers, and different organizations. Of course, scouting. And at the end, we reach it. We reach a goal of creating a space of dialogue where we can create a country we want. So what is your vision for Colombia? You know, what is, what do you hope to see to your life work, which is basically all of these dialogues for peace? Well, before you mentioned that we have a very particular context in Latin America, we pass from war to war to war to war. And more, and more, and more, and more. And, and, and it is, Interesting how no generation in Colombia have experienced what is to live in peace. So my goal for the future is to be part of the first generation in Colombia who lives in peace. And of course, I am looking forward to one day have enough merit to deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. I think the goal is not to earn it, to have it, to, to, to have it indeed. 
is to know that you deserve it. And that is the goal. That is the goal, I guess, indeed. And I believe you're not too far from it. Like, I believe you have created a lot of change in Colombia, as we've been speaking. And I wanted to ask you, so moving on to a completely but not unrelated topic, I wanted to ask you to talk about scouting and how scouting has shaped you to become the person that you are. Well, I think the, the, the I mean, <laughs> the first part in crime that I need to mention here is this arts professor that teach me that you can change the people's mind to create together. I think scouting gave me the tools, the leadership. Scouts give me something really particular. You know, Scouts' uh, slogan is creating a better world. But it's, it is not only the slogan, because they did not give you just the sentence. They give you the tools, the knowledge and the heart to create a better world. And for all of these people, including me, even though I'm a scout, who believe that scouting is just, you know, climbing trees and activities on, you know, open space. Can you actually tell us what scouting is really about? Because as you've mentioned, you know, there's world scouting conferences in which you, they taught you about dialogues for peace. So what is actually scouting? We are the biggest non-formal educational movement in the world. We are more than 50 millions of people seeking to create a better world. That is basically, it means that we are looking for work to give the tools to all the young people to make, to change the reality from a utopia to a reality. We're educating the next generations and we're forming them into active global citizens. And this is important because to change the world, we need to be active and global. And we need to look forward to be part of it. We need to be part of the change. Because, well, I have a sentence that I left. And it's, we, the young people, are not the future. We are the present. And we are changing the world. And I completely agree with that. Because it's often that you hear that, you know, like, oh, you're the next generation. You're the generation of the future. And you need to... Prepare yourself to start making change the day of tomorrow, when in reality, we are already living. We are already a part of society, so why can't we be a part of change now? We are, we are, not, we are part of change, and we are creating a change. Because we are young people, we have ideas, we have the creativity, we have the passion. We are doing something big in the world. And now that we're talking about passions, I want to ask you, Camilo, what, what are some of your passions? Like, who is Camilo right now? You know, because we're more than our experiences. We're more than the things that happened to us. So who is Camilo today? Well, I think Camilo is a very passionate Colombian, a very passionate scout, and a very proud, once again, Colombian. <laughs> I love to dance. I love to draw, I love to write, I love the arts. 
And I, I love the opportunity that we have to express ourselves and to show the world who we are. I love that opportunity that we have. And my passion is to create a better world. I strongly believe in the power of education. I strongly believe in the power of dialogue. And I strongly believe that we will create a world in peace. Basically, that is my passion. So basically, that's Camilo. Camilo's a dreamer who also takes action. I think you say it by the best way possible. And if you could choose one word to describe yourself, you know, throughout your life, what would it be? Resilience is the word that I could always choose to describe myself. Resilience. And I think it's something very true. I mean, ever since we started talking, I think you've been this person full of joy, just being so relaxed and looking forward to what's next in life and always seeing the bright side of everything. Which leads me to ask you about these certain situations in your life that you've lived through that are particularly unusual. And if you could tell us a little bit more about it, about how you've been through. Well, if you ask me like that, I think I'm a, I'm a very, very lucky person. Uh, <laughs> I would agree. There's only luck and life involved in that. I experienced, um, uh, how can I say it, like close to death opportunities in my life. Uh, well, I when I was a child and I just, um, when the, the, the situation of my uncle, I just crossed the town. And there was shoots, shoots everywhere, and nothing happened to me. And last year, actually, was a very accidental year. Uh, in January, I visited one of the carnivals in the south of my country, and still no, I still didn't know why, but I just uh, stopped breathing for some minutes. I was really bad and there's a, a medical equipment supporting me I was like trying to uh, reanimate myself I was like oh my god you know it was a crazy adventure there and one year ago exactly in September the 15th I got in a tra uh, traffic accident when the bus I was in a bus with 28 people, I think the strongest 28 people in the world. And for some circumstances, the bus just fall down into the mountain. We just fall down and we survive. I think that when my uncle said, you were born for big things never settle for less he was speaking about even in the bad circumstances i will stop thinking about my biggest goals and i will stop thinking about i can change the world and the reality of my country i think this is the big proposal that my uncle mentioned and i think that is the reason because i'm still always alive <laughs> And I think it's so incredible that even through hard situations, even through near life, near that experiences, rather you're still alive and you're just lucky enough to be sharing your story with such 
positiveness within yourself. And as we're nearing the end of the podcast episode, there's one recurring question that we always ask the people who join us, which is what are some of the upcoming challenges you will be facing either personally or professionally? And how do you plan to overcome this? Well, I think honestly that the hardest challenge that I have been experiencing in my present life is um, that I have no formal education complete. I will start my studies the next year if everything goes well. And I'm looking forward that it's going to be like this. Uh, I'm going to study international relationships with an emphasis in um, peace building. And I'm looking forward to make this dream reality. And as I told you, the word that most define myself is resilience. So any challenge or any, any challenge that I got in my life, I will face it. And I will survive because I'm a resilient person. You are, and you're not just a resilient person, but a survivor and just incredible. So as it's the end of the episode, I want to ask you if there's anything else you want to share, anything you want to remind people, just anything. I think I can say, remember that we, the young people, are now the future. We're the present and we're changing the world. As well, I would like to say goodbye saying three important things. Do not forget to smile. Life is too short to be sad. And last but not least, everyone in the world were born for big things. Never settle. Well, Camilo, thank you so much for joining us. As I've mentioned several times during the episode, you're an incredible person who never fails to put a smile on my face to make me laugh. And you're so inspiring. So thank you so much for your courage and for all the amazing things you're doing. And I'm sure that you will win the Nobel Peace Prize one day. And I will be with you celebrating and just incre incredibly proud just as i am right now of you so thank you so much for joining us thank you so much Virginia, for the invitation thank you so much for the people who are listening this and and to the person who actually put us in into contact <laughs> yeah thank you so much Moad, because you make this possible uh, a big greeting from this part of the world from the latin american world Uh, to Saudi Arabia. Thank you so much for this month and a big hug, my friend. Thank you, Camilo. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>